0: everybody, welcome to Making Sense with Dustin Lamontang from Research Capital. I'm Bryn Griffiths. Here's Dustin. How you doing?
1: Hey, good Bryn. How's yourself?
0: Fine, thank you. You know, I was watching television the other day and they were talking about banking crisis and I'm thinking, okay, it might be for some people, but there might be opportunity in there as well. Is this our topic today?
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's not a good look when, when you see people lining up outside bank branches, uh, trying to get their money out. Right. That's right. called a run in the bank. And, uh, it happened oh, about a month ago now as, as we're taping here, but, <clears throat> um, it's essentially what happened and, and this will. it it will always happen down in the U S in, uh, it's just the way their banking uh, system operates. Ours is a little different. We have uh, quite a protected regulated banking system in Canada. That's why, that's why you don't see uh, a Wells Fargo or a Citibank branch, uh, kitty corner to an RBC or a TD or a CIBC, right? Right. Well, the the government of Canada doesn't allow actual competition, uh, foreign competition in our banking sector. Of course, there's competition within domestically, but uh, for all, for all uh, intents and purposes, the, uh, the Canadian banking sector is very well protected. There's schedule one and schedule two banks, schedule two are the foreign banks. So they're allowed to operate in Canada in certain sectors uh for instance wells fargo is big in uh equipment finance uh which probably a lot of people don't know about but um C- Citibank does uh you know tiptoes into technology and and certain areas of business banking um so, some us banks have uh canadian wealth arms so uh there, there is a little bit of competition but not really in you know, you've got about six or seven big banks in Canada, three, three or four big life insurance companies. Well, in the U S you've got, you know, 5,000 banks, Uh, a little town in Missouri might have their own bank. So it's a really different animal down there. And when, when uh, a smaller bank loses confidence of its customers, uh, you call that a run on the bank because people try and get their their deposits out. You used to have to line up, but now with online banking, you can literally switch your money out of a bank, uh, you know, using your cell phone. So that that's a that's a problem because down in the U.S., you've got these uh, large regional banks. Uh, so you've got the the you know, top tier banks, they call them too big to fail. Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citigroup, uh, JP Morgan, Chase, those kind of banks. And then you've got these regional banks. So uh, that, that's what failed, uh, you know, a month ago, this SVB, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and then Signature Bank. Um, I think, I don't think it's, even one iota close to to what happened in 07 and 08, because at that time you had, uh, you know, the the big behemoths had to be rescued from the government because they were so far extended. This seems to be fairly concentrated in uh, a couple banks that uh, got overextended and and made really big blunders in in their own business models. Uh, And it had to do with, uh, you know, technology, um, the type of business they were in. Uh, in, in signatures case, they, they got, I think a little overextended with some crypto firms and in, in Silicon Valley banks, um, case, they, uh, they, they took deposit money and bought uh, long, long long-term bonds, which, uh, when, when, when interest rates go up, long-term bonds get crushed. So, uh, they, they probably could have survived had they, uh, just raised some capital. Uh, but when they announced it, uh, this, this social media and, and the Twitter universe basically crushed that bank within a 24 hour period. It was fascinating to watch. Um, I, am not saying the same thing can't happen in our banking system, but, um, it's, it's very well protected and regulated from that standpoint. Canadian banks are, are very well capitalized. Um, and, uh, I don't think that sort of a scenario can materialize here. O- obviously, nothing is ever guaranteed if you own bank stock. It, it is a stock at the end of the day. So um, I remember back in, I think it was 1997 or 98, when uh, Nick Leeson, who was just some, some fella trading copper futures out of Singapore, uh, bankrupted Barings Bank that was a 120 year old bank or 140 year old bank, whatever in, in the UK, uh, based out of London. And he brought it down over a weekend. So things can happen. Uh, this is why you always have to diversify. You know, you don't put everything in, in one basket, uh, and you would never put all your money in one bank, of course. Uh, so when I look at, uh, the, the banking crisis, is it is it an actual crisis or is it an opportunity? I, and I'm more leaning towards the latter. I think it's uh, an opportunity. I've been actively buying bank shares here. I've been buying CIBC, I've been buying Scotiabank, I've been buying Canadian Western. Uh, at the end of the day, these are fantastic businesses, fantastic franchises, and uh, we, we might be seeing the buying opportunity in the financials uh, of our lifetime here. Um, you're, you're getting cheaper valuations than at the bottom of the, uh, the pandemic when the world was ending. So, uh, th- I shouldn't be able to get 6% dividend yield on Scotiabank stock. And, and I can get that all, all day long right now if I'm buying it on, on the open market. So wow. as of Tayden. Hey, I, I,
0: I got to ask you, though, the confidence factor. When people see this on television or they hear it on radio or they, they see it on social media, how often are you getting calls where people might be losing their confidence, even though our system is well protected?
1: I, I had quite a few calls in, uh, you know, around mid, mid-March, mid to the latter part of March, um, because people see – uh, you know, people, people lining up at bank branches in the U S and they go, what, what the heck is going on here? Right. Is yeah. my money safe? And you have to have those, uh, those conversations. Sometimes, uh, the most important part of my job as an advisor is, you know, talking people down off the ledge, so to speak. Right. Um, and just, you know, y- you always have to have a calm, uh, uh, logical outlook on things because most of the time the, the, the incidents are are so sensationalized by the media Uh, and I'm not picking on the media. It's their, it's their job to, to report, but the, the, the reporting now seems to be just sensationalized. Uh, It doesn't matter what outlet you're looking at, right? It's a small thing, but the the headline is big. So um, when, when you see these, uh, these occurrences, you really have to take a step back and just, uh, you know, put on your, your, Logic hat and say, okay, is this is this systemic or is this just uh, you know a reflection of a couple banks down down south of the border that were really poorly managed? Um, and in in the case of internationally, Credit Suisse yep. getting bought by UBS, of course, Credit Suisse has been a, a disaster for the better part of a decade. That those shares used to be up at around $50, 60 dollars, and they've been sliding for the better part of ten years. So. The, the problems at Credit Suisse have, have been well known. Um, they, they haven't been well managed. Uh, they, they did a, a very poor job, their, their asset management and their, their investment banking side has been fairly good. The profits have been robust uh, where they've really, uh, you know, been, been terrible is on their lending side. So when I look at uh, the, those banks that went down, I think it was very firm specific. Now, it's not to say that it can't trans, uh, transfer over to other banks or other industries uh, because banking is sort of your your foundation of, of the economy, right? The, yeah. the banks uh, lend the money to, to other businesses to, to grow and prosper. So if your banks aren't healthy, your economy is probably not healthy. And, and I don't see this as an overarching, um, you know, uh, sickness in, in, in the banking system worldwide, or even in North America or, or Canada in general, I think it was, uh, uh, you know, very specific to those firms that, that got in trouble. And overall I'm seeing extremely high banking profits. So, uh, if the, the industry was in trouble, you wouldn't have, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar profitable quarters coming out quarter after quarter. I think Canadian banks last year made in 2022, uh, I don't know, somewhere between 50 and $60 billion. That's billion with a B. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you had, I think, RBC for the first time uh, had a $10 billion profit quarter last year. So these, these companies are making huge, huge dough, they pay nice dividends. There hasn't been a bank in the, in the post world war uh, two sector, a schedule one bank in Canada that, uh, that has cut a dividend that I'm aware of. Um, they keep raising them. So I, I'm a buyer here. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not panicking and I'm, I'm not thinking that this is uh, uh, you know, the world ending. In fact, I'm treating it as an opportunity and I'm adding to my banking positions that I, uh, uh, admittedly, uh, are down over the last year, of course, uh, cause the bank sector has kind of taken it on the chin, but I'm, I'm just adding, am taking fresh money. I'm buying new positions for clients and I'm getting very good pricing levels. Um, I just bought some CIBC under $60. And the last time you could do that was when, uh, when the world was ending uh, during the pandemic. Um, and I was buying then too, because, uh, Nothing quite quite like a good quality Canadian bank franchise to, to make money over the long term.
0: Opportunities out there. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and talk about opportunity, how do they do that?
1: Uh, you can give me a call on my cell phone, 780-905-7729, or uh, give me an email. Uh, I'll always respond at Dean at researchcapital.com.
0: Okay, that's it for today. We'll have more helpful hints coming your way on our next episode. Don't forget, all opinions expressed are solely Dustin's and do not reflect those of Research Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Research Capital may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Thanks for listening to Making Sense. Have yourself a great
1: day.